0: God is good all the time, all the time, to you and to me. Well, today we're going to begin a series entitled Spirit, Soul, and Body. Somebody say spirit, soul, and body. Now I know some of you older Christians are probably saying, well, I know all about that. I already know I am a spirit. I live in a physical body. And I already know I have a soul, which is my my mind, will, and my emotions. And I have to ask you, do you really? Amen? Amen. Well, you're going to find out that you don't know as much as you think you know when it comes to spirit, soul, and body. And I believe this teaching is going to change somebody's life in here. Say it again. I believe this teaching is going to change somebody's life in here. See, most of us in here, when we got saved, we were all right until we came to church. Come on. And when we came to church, we became a Pharisee. (laughs) Come on, we never stopped loving God. And we wanted to serve Him with all of our heart and mind and strength. Come on, say amen, somebody. But somewhere along the line, we got religious. And religion led us to believe that God loved us proportional to our performance. you I'm saying here. So what we do? We try to perform the best way we could. So we stop doing this, we stop doing that. We start reading our Bible more, going to church more. We change the way we talk. We change the way we dress. Come on, say amen, somebody. We we started trying to do things in order to get God to love us. We fell into the mistake of thinking God was going to love us because we were doing all of these things. I'm in the praise team, I'm in the usher, I'm in the sound, I'm in visual, I'm in the church. Come on, say amen, somebody. Yeah. We fall into the mistake that God is going to answer our prayers and love us in proportion to our performance. Come on, are y'all with me out here? Yeah. And because of that, we get discouraged When things don't go right. Let me say it again. Because of that, we get discouraged when things don't go right the way we think they should have done. Come on. For example, someone close to you dies. And you've been praying for them for six months. And they don't get healed. So you're confused because why? You were seeking God and you felt you were doing everything they told you to do. Come on, you prayed, you laid hands on them, and yet it still wasn't working. So what happens? So you become confused. You become frustrated. And you become a modern-day Pharisee. You get to a place where you think you're better than everyone else because you pray more, because you read your Bible more. Because you come to church more. I'm preaching good in here. And if you really pull back the veil, a lot of things we do is for the praises of people. We believe we're doing things to gain not only people's acceptance, but God's acceptance. Even when we lead people to the Lord, a lot of times, we're not really doing it for the people. We're doing it for us. Why? Because we're thinking this is how we can gain God's acceptance. And people will praise us. We think people will praise us for all the wonderful things that we're doing. Oh, you're now you're so faithful to God. I always see you at church every day and you're you all walking around praying and and Man, you just you're just a model Christian. What we don't realize is all of our goodness, when placed next to God's, is nothing but filthy rags. Matter of fact, look at Isaiah 64, 6. All of our goodness when it's placed next to God is nothing but Filthy Rags. Isaiah 64, 6. What's it say here? It says, but we are all we are all what? As an unclean thing. And all of our righteousness, things we feel we're doing to make ourselves righteous or right standing with God and man are as what? Filthy rags. And we, all, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Listen, when we come to the realization that God loves me apart from my performance. Oh, you didn't hear me I said. When we come to the realization that God loves me apart from my performance, that he carries my picture in his wallet. That's when you start thinking and acting differently. That God didn't start loving me when I did something right. And God didn't stop loving me when I did something wrong. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said. God didn't start loving me when I did something right. And God didn't stop loving me when I did something wrong. He just loved me because he is love. And he so loved me. He what? He so loved me. So one of the things a lot of people have problems with is why or how can God love me? Because in your eyes, you don't deserve it. Why? Because you start thinking about all the things you're doing. You start thinking about all the things you've done. And all of us have a long list. I should got a bigger amen than that. And I'm pretty sure there are people in this room that they think they're doing pretty awesome. And they're doing so awesome, doing so many things right, that God owes me something. But God doesn't owe you anything. Because if the truth be told, you don't deserve anything. But yet God still loves you. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. So we struggle with how can a holy God love someone like me? And see, there are people seeking, listen to me now, there are people seeking some kind of emotional experience with the Lord and they're passing up the Word of God. Let me say it again. There are people seeking some type of what? Emotional experience with the Lord and they're passing up the what? The Word of God. And that's not the way you're supposed to live. Let me say it again. That's not the way you're supposed to live. Turn to 2 Corinthians five seventeen. 17. Now this is a real simple passage. It's a scripture that most of us are familiar with. But well, let's look at it. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature. All things are passed away. And behold, what? All things are become new. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us by himself, to himself, by who? Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. Now, we look at this and we say, what does all this mean? And we say that because why? We look at ourselves. And we notice there are some things in our lives that haven't passed away. Let me try this side over here. We look at ourselves. And we say, there are some things in our lives that have not what? That are not passed away and they have not become new. And then you have people that say, well, you're in a process of change. You just haven't arrived yet. It's a continual process. Well, if we look, it simply says, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New. Creature, all things are passed away well it's saying if you're truly born again and you're in Christ all things have passed away they're not going to pass away they're not in the process of passing away it says it's a done deal all things are passed away and behold all things not some things not big things but all things I become what? New, new completely brand new. Amen. And this is the issue, folks. We see the scripture, and then we look at our experience, and we say, I don't understand this one, Lord. I know I'm born again. I know if I was to die today, I would go home and be with the Lord. But yet there are some things in my life that haven't passed away and haven't become new. I'm Am I talking to anybody in this room. And this becomes a struggle with a lot of people. And we say, God, what is the answer to all of this? What well, this is the answer? And it is so simple. Say neighbor, it's so simple. Tell somebody else, it is so simple. Somebody, don't have anybody's attention in this room. You see, in the scripture, it's not talking about your physical body. And it's not talking about your soul. There's a third part of us called the spirit. And it's in the spirit that you become a new person. Not in your body and not in your soul. And see, most people only acknowledge two parts. Now it's obvious that you have a physical body. Everybody's aware of that, and it's obvious that you have an inner person. Are you with me out here? If I was to ask you right now, are you hot or are you cold? You don't have to sit there and pray about it. You're not gonna sit there and well. Let me think about it a little bit, Pastor, and let me study it a little more, and I'll tell you tomorrow whether I'm hot or cold, how I feel. No, you know right now whether or not you're what? Hot or cold. Whether you're tired or whether that that seat you're sitting in is, is comfortable or not uncomfortable. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Because you constantly monitor this physical body, and you don't have to study it. You just know everything about your physical body. Come on, because you feel all these things. But then we have what the Bible calls the soulish realm. See, I can come tap you on the shoulder, and you can feel it, right? But I also can come up and speak something in your ear, and you can feel it also. All right, with me out there. I can either say words that will make you happy or I can either say words that will make you sad. And see, we all know that feelings, there are feelings that go beyond just the physical feelings of heat and cold and pain. But you have emotions of joy. You have emotions of peace. You have emotions of sadness. You have emotions of fear. And all of us are in touch with that. So functionally, everybody recognizes that you're two parts. The physical body and the the mental, emotional part of the Bible or the part that the Bible calls the soul. But most people don't even acknowledge the spirit realm. If you look up the word pneuma in the New Testament, which is used for the word spirit throughout the New Testament, the, throne, the Strong's Concordance defines pneuma as what? Spirit. Then it, will, then it will say the immortal soul. So it uses the word spirit and soul interchangeably. Are y'all with me out there? And most people don't honestly see, they don't see the difference between the spirit and the soul but they are completely different. They're what? Turn to First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 23. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 23. Paul's praying here, and he says, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, "And the very God of peace, do what? Sanctify you what? holy. When? Holy. I say holy. holy. W-H-O-L-L-Y. And I pray God your whole what? Spirit and what? Soul and what? Body be what? Preserve blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the scripture makes it very clear that you have a what? Soul and what? Body. There are Three parts, not two parts. Are you there? And look at John chapter 3, verse 3, because there are numerous scriptures on this. John chapter 3, verse 3, it says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I what? Say unto thee, Except a man be what? Born again. again, He cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be what? Born of water and of what? Of the Spirit. He cannot enter into the what? Kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is what? Flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is what? Spirit. So he's talking to Nicodemus about you not, you have to not only get, have to be born physically, but you have to be born of the Spirit You have to have a spiritual birth. Another way of saying this is spirit is spirit and flesh is flesh. Spirit is spirit and what? Flesh is flesh. They're in different realms. They're in different realities. There is a spiritual world that most of us don't acknowledge. Say it again. There is a spiritual world that most of us don't acknowledge. See, right now, look around this room. Right now, you can see the people in this room, right? If somebody asked you how many were here, you could give them a roundabout number by what you what? See with your what? Physical eyes. But according to Scripture, there are hundreds of angels in this room right now. Now, many people will say, no, there are Why? Because you can't see them because you can't feel them, and because you can't hear them. But look at Matthew 18, 10. But according to this scripture, all of us have at least two angels. Look at Matthew 18, 18, 10. It says, take heed that you what? Despise not one of these little ones, for I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always what? Behold the face of my Father, which is where? In heaven. If there are a hundred people in this room, then we have a minimum of 200 angels in here. Well, go to 2 Kings 6.16, where Elijah speaking to his servant, says, and he answered, for fear not, for they that be with us are more than they what? That be with what? With them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes. Open his what? Spiritual eyes. To see where? In the spirit. That he may what? See. And the Lord did what? Opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. There were thousands around him. And listen, if if the new covenant is better than the old covenant, I should have at least more or more, or at least as many as Elisha, or more angels around me than Elisha had. And if he had thousands in the, in, the, in the if he had thousands with them, then I have thousands with me. And if you have thousands with you, this place is crowded. You just don't see it. There's a lot going on in the spiritual realm, but most of us are not aware of the spiritual realm because why? Because you can't see it, you can't taste it, you can't smell it, you can't hear it, and you can't feel it. You can't you can't contact spiritual things with your physical being. This is this making sense to anybody in this room? See. There's not only a spiritual world out here, but there's also a spirit man on the inside of everyone in this room. And most of us do not recognize that we have this spirit being on the inside of us. And we're going to talk about that. And let me give you an example. If I was to come in here If I was coming in here, now, the reason I'm coming in here because you accidentally called me on the telephone and you used that opportunity to invite me to church, right? Now, I would ask you, since you invited me, and I never met you before, don't know what you look like, I would ask you, when I get there, I want to meet you. What do you look like? Who are you? And you could describe your physical body. You could tell me if you were male or female. You could tell me if you were short or tall, fat or skinny. Come on, say amen, somebody. You could tell me all these kind of things about your physical body. You could desire, listen, you could even describe your soul is rim. Well, I'm a quiet person. or I'm an extrovert. You'll know me when you see me. But if I was to ask you, what are you like in the spirit? Most people would draw a blank. They don't have a clue. Come on, are you with me out there? And this is where most people are. They're trying to see, going back to 2 Corinthians 5.17, they're trying to see and they're asking this question, when 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become what? New. We ask these questions because why? We're looking at our physical body. And we're looking in the soulish realm. And we're trying to see this change. <laughs> and we don't see it. We don't see it because we keep doing the same stupid things. We keep doing the same dumb things, and we're looking at the Scripture and it says, all things pass away, I just cussed somebody out yesterday. What happened? And <laughs> The Lord is trying to tell us, it's not your physical body that got saved. Look at Ephesians 113. Now we have a promise about our physical body. Ephesians 113 says, In whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that you believed you were what? Sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the what? Earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. See, someday we're going to receive the redemption of the person's possession. In other words, one day in the future we're going to receive a glorified body. But your body is not saved. Tell your neighbor, your body is not saved. If you were a man before you got saved, you're going to still be a man after you got saved. If you were a woman before you got saved, you're going to be a woman after you got saved. If you were fat, you're still going to be fat. unless you go on a diet. Your physical body does not change when you get saved and your soul doesn't change. And we get confused and we say things like, I believe I'm a soul winner. (laughs) There are two places where it says, talks about soul winner. Proverbs 1130, turn there. There's two places. It says the fruit of righteousness is the what? Tree of life. And he that what? When his souls It says what? souls is wise. And then the Hebrews 10.39, the other place. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that what? Believe to the what? Saving of the what? Soul. That's two places, right? But neither one of these is talking about getting born again. When you get born again, your soul doesn't get changed. That's why you still think crazy. And if you were stupid before you got saved, you're going to be stupid after you get saved. Because what? Your soul did not change. And see, when you get saved, guess what? When you get saved, you don't get my memories. I have my memories. I, re- I remember where I was born. I remember who my parents were. I remember all these things that I grew up with. See, you remember what you remember. Why? Your soul is not changed. Tell you neighbor, my soul is not changed. And just from a process of elimination, what does that leave? What's it leave? Spirit. It's your spirit that what Change. and this is what will change your life, folks. Getting an understanding of this—that is the only thing that changed—was my what spirit. This is a big revelation. It's simple, but it's a big revelation. Why? That there is a spiritual me that you cannot see. There's a spiritual me that you cannot taste, hear, smell, or feel. You cannot contact the real me in any physical, natural way. Do you hear me? Turn to John six sixty three. 63. Notice what Jesus says. Are you getting there? Get, are you staying with me now, right? Stand with me, right? Notice what Jesus says. It is the what? Spirit that what? Quick a bit. The flesh prophes what? Nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are what? Life. Listen to me closely. God's word is the only way to access what's happening in the spirit. You cannot go by how you feel. Let me say it again God's Word is the only way to access what's going on in the Spirit. You cannot go by how you feel. Now, this needs a little bit more explanation because why? In here, we are Spirit filled people, we're tongue talkers, we believe in the move of the Holy Spirit. And we say the presence of God is here, and we feel God moving in this place. But it's a spiritual discernment. And see, we use the terms, man, can you feel the presence of God in this place? But in truth, spirit is spirit and flesh is flesh. What you can feel is faith. The anointing is a manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. But listen to me now. But the truth is, the presence of the Holy Spirit is here all the time. And a lack of understanding of this is the problem. You see... If we don't feel something, if you can't see something, if there isn't any physical manifestation, the average spirit filled Christian does not believe that anything is happening. And yet, that is completely contrary. The word of God. Amen, 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 amen. And that experience that you had where you were just caught up in the presence of God, anybody ever had that experience? God is saying you had that with you all the time. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. you that. <laughs> You had that with you 24-7. But what's happening is you're just not feeling it. Oh, my, my, my. You're not always aware of it. So when you don't feel or perceive the presence of God, it's not up to you to say, oh, God, please touch me again. I'm stepping on some toes today. Would you please pour out your spirit? Would you please do something? And what you're saying, would you please give me physical indication of what you said in your word is true? And what you need to do is get to a place where you just believe the Word of God and you start acting on it. Why? Because you have a whole set of spiritual emotions. See, you can get to a place, you can get to where you perceive, listen, you can get to where you perceive God by faith. And faith becomes as real to you as this physical, natural world. In other words, By faith, I can can sense the presence of God that's already connected. It's already here. Because His presence is here, but by faith, I can connect with it. But what are we doing? We're waiting on a feeling. And if we don't feel it, it ain't here. God created man to be a spiritual being. God created us to be different than what we are, folks. God created us not with five senses, but with six senses. See, you have the spiritual ability to know things. And Adam and Eve, guess what? They walked in the Spirit, and they knew things by the Spirit that would blow us away. They could, could, they could perceive things in the Spirit realm. Are you with me out here? And the way most of us are today, well, I didn't see anything. I didn't feel anything. So if I can't see it or feel it, as far as you're concerned, it doesn't exist. And that's not the way God made us to be. There's an entire spiritual and a spiritual you on the inside, and we weren't meant, we, listen, and we were meant to walk by faith and not by sight. Anybody getting anything out of this? Isn't that what it says in 2 Corinthians 5:17? 5-7? That said before we walk by. Faith and not by. And most of us have been conditioned and brought up and programmed to operate in what the Bible calls carnal. <laughs> hey, mama, should I, should I say I love Pastor Walker now or later? <laughs> Most of us have been conditioned Brought up, programmed To operate in what is called carnal When we see the word carnal See, we think sinful and terrible But the word carnal In the Strong's Concordance Means of the flesh Of the what? Flesh It's not just talking about your physical skin But it's just meat it's, 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 it's just physical. It's talking about in the natural. Matter of fact, that's where we get the words chili con carne. You've ever seen that? Heard that before. Some of y'all like that, right? Yeah. That's what? Chili with meat. Yeah. It's chili with wheat, meat, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Kenna Coleman says when somebody says you're carnally minded, they're really calling you a meathead. But listen, but when you're carnally minded, listen to me now. When you're carnally minded, it just means that you are dominated and controlled by your five senses. Let me say it again. When you are carnally minded, it just means that you are dominated and controlled by your what? Five senses. And that produces sin and produce different things, but did you know you can be a holy person? You can be living a super moral life and still be carnal. Right. Amen. 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 Romans 8.5. You're going to get this. It'll change your life if you really get it. Because you start seeing things differently. Start understanding yourself more. Come on, say amen, somebody. Romans 8, 5. For they that that are after the flesh do what? Do mind things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the what? Spirit. For to be what? Carnally minded is what? Death. But to be what? Spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. Because the carnal mind, listen to this now. Because the carnal mind is what? Enmity against God. for it is not what, subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. The carnal mind. Take neighbor the carnal mind. If you're just going by your five senses, If you can see it, if you can't see it, if you can't taste it, if you can't hear it, you can't smell it, or you can't feel it, to you it doesn't exist. That means you're carnal. And you're at enmity against God. Which means you're at war with God blinds us to God but everybody in this room has done it one time or another Or you made decisions on what church you went to because you didn't feel something I didn't feel the moving of the Holy Ghost so I'm out of here Come on. And this is where 99.9% of the body of Christ resides. They reside in the physical realm, and we just can't see it. People will come to me and say, I just don't feel the love of God. How People came to you and said that. Will you please pray for me? What should my answer be? No. Amen. Amen. Why? Because Romans 5 says, but God, what? Commended his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Then in 1 John 4 says, he that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. And we can go on and on and on, but God loves you and you know what the word says. So why should you ask me to pray for you so that you can sense or feel the love of God? Amen. And what you're really saying is I know what the word says, but that's not good enough. I want to feel it. I'm preaching good in here. Carnal. You're carnal. You're just being dominated and controlled by your feelings. This making sense to anybody in this room. And this is where people are. See, it doesn't matter what reality is. It doesn't matter what Jesus has done. It's just about how you feel. And if you don't feel it, it's just not real. that just voids it. It doesn't matter what the Bible shows. If Jesus died for me, you got to feel it. I got to feel like I'm saved. Oh, I'm preaching good. And it's time to take your thumb out of your mouth and grow up and stop being carnal. Come on, you're begging God. God, please pour out your love on me. Please let me know that you're here with me. How many times you said that? And God is trying to show you, listen, He said, "I've never left you, nor forsake you.. His love for you has never faded, regardless of your performance. Oh come on, say Amen somebody. See, you have to know God loves you more than you could ever comprehend. More than you could ever understand. More than you can feel. And you have to get beyond feeling and just start standing on what the Word of God says. He so loved me. Menacing God's love. God is pleased with you because His Word says He's pleased with you. Not because I have some goosebumps going up and down my spine. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. We base a lot of things on the goosebumps. <laughs> amen. So you can't control goosebumps. And you can't make yourself that you always feel a certain way. But you can believe what the Word of God says. And this will change your whole life. And get you to recognize that God has done something to you in the spirit realm that could not be perceived with just your physical mind and your emotions. And you'll begin to start dominating yourself with what God's word says about you and what he says you have. This is key, folks, because why? you'll no longer be moved by what people say about you. You'll no longer be moved by what people think about you. You're only going to be moved by what the Word says about you. Therefore, you're not going to feel bad when they don't think you as fine as you think you are. Because God says you're fine. God says you look good. God says, you're the apple of my eye. God said it in his word. So I'm not moved by my feelings anymore. Now I start dominating myself with God's word and what he says about me, what he says I can have. You can't tell me what I can't have. I'm not going to get upset with you when you don't think I can have what I have. Because why? I'm dominated by what the word says not by what you say. This is what the Bible calls faith. You hear me? You start living by faith instead of by feelings. Oh, come on. This will revolutionize your life, folks. And the vast majority of Christians are living their life based on their peanut-sized brain and their ability to perceive by their feelings whether you feel God's love. Is this, making this, is this touching anybody in this room? Say it again. The vast majority of Christians are living by their living their life based on their little peanut-sized brain. And their ability to perceive with their feeling whether you feel God's love, whether you feel His acceptance, whether you feel His pleasure, whether you feel His anointing or not. Come on. And it's sad to say, we have reinforced this because there's a lot of feelings that go along with Christianity. Are you with me out there? People talk about they feel the fire coming out their hands when they pray for people. You ever heard them say that? Then they talk about feeling the anointing being released from their body. Come on, I have a lot of feelings. Sometimes I feel the anointing released from my body, and oftentimes I feel things when I pray for people. And see, there is a tangible anointing that you can feel. Amen? See, you can put the anointing of God into a cough and send it to somebody, and they can get healed. Come on, are you with me out here? See, I'm not talking about God is only a spirit. He can manifest himself in the physical realm, but sometimes it's not good to tell people what you feel because why? they make a doctrine out of it. And they believe unless you feel this, then the power of God is not flowing. Not realizing some of the greatest miracles you will ever experience, you will feel absolutely nothing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have to get delivered from your feelings, folks. I know that's hard for some of (laughs) y'all. Tell your neighbor, you have to get delivered from your feelings. You can't go by what you feel. You have to go by what the word says. Because why? God's word is the only way to access what is happening in the spirit. You cannot go by how you feel. And as we close, we even do certain things that we know we're not supposed to do. Because we feel God's not watching. We, we feel God's not hearing us. Amen. So we go to the bleep, the bleep, the bleep, 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 bleep. Come on. Amen. We're cussing my heartbeat like God just closes his ears for that one second. Amen. God, you didn't hear that, right? Because we neglect the fact that God is present everywhere. And you don't have to feel it to know it. And that's all from just having an understanding of spirit, soul and body. We're just getting started. So lift your hands. I'll let, y- I'll let y'all let that savor in you for a whole week. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you have an understanding? More of an understanding. Yeah. See, you can come in here on a Sunday, and you can access the anointing of God like you never accessed before by faith. Yeah. Not sitting there waiting for feeling. Yeah. But that's what we do when we come to church. Yeah. Where it comes sensing. Using our five physical senses. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Can you feel it? I felt it over there, but he ain't feeling it over there. He looked like he ain't feeling it. You got that's becoming a carnal Christian. And that's what the church has become a carnal church where they don't feel it. People leave, people be, God will heal somebody on his line. And because they don't feel healed, They'll say, I didn't, get, I didn't receive anything. Because why? They were going by their five physical senses. It has robbed the body of Christ because God did not make us that way. He made us spiritual beings. We walk by faith and not by sight somebody lay hands on you, you believe that you receive, you walk away saying I'm healed yeah. Yeah. regardless yeah. if I felt a tingle sending them coming in regardless if I like to hear on TV regardless if I felt a warm sensation flowing through my body <laughs> <laughs> because you hear those things and you say well I didn't feel no warmth. I must not have got healed yeah. so you don't leave that line one second where the enemy came immediately and stole what you received because he works best and he dominates in the realm of flesh, the feeling realm. That's where he dominates. Are you listening to me out here? We got to get out this realm of the feeling of feeling. And just get on the word of God. If God said I'm healed, it doesn't matter how I feel. I'm healed. If God says I'm rich, it doesn't matter what I got in my bank account, I'm rich. If God says I'm delivered, it doesn't matter what it looks like, I am delivered. I'm not going by how I feel. i do not go by what I see in my bank account. It could say zero, zero, negative zero. That may be fact, but the truth always overrides the fact. I got to get out of this realm of feeling and activate my faith, faith to believe by simply believing what God said. Come on, we got to get there, folks. We got to get there got to get there. If everybody came in here using their faith to access the power of God, you would never leave out of here disappointed. Father, we just thank and we praise and we glorify you. We magnify your holy and majestic name. Oh, we give you glory. We give you honor.